Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, North America's only show dedicated to the equipment used to feed, fuel, and clothe the world. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with our re-air and encore of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. And the following week, the episode will be available in its entirety as a podcast that either farmmachinerydigest.com or most, if not all, major podcast hosting sites. So hopefully everything is going well for you in your life and in your operation. By God's grace, we did get some rain, and I do have uh, my corn pop, well, some popping up in the field. It's certainly not popping up in rows yet, but God willing, maybe it will. So we got at over three rains, we got 1.54 inches so far. The first one was 0.7. The second one uh, was exa- exactly 0.7, exactly 0.5, and then 0.34. So where I went to school, that adds up to a little bit more than an inch and a half. So we are very grateful for that. In a normal year, we would be like, eh, an inch and a half, big deal. But it's been so terribly dry, as you all are aware of over here in so many other parts of the country, that the inch and a half is a true, true, true blessing. So uh, we, will see what, we will see what happens. And let me see what else I wanted to uh go over with you you know um in today's world things are very very confusing because you can't seem to get any information or as i like to call it a transfer of knowledge um there's so many con artists out there there's so many different things going on and there's in no industry even excuse me you have to just excuse me i'm very congested today with allergies um more than usual usual that I asked you to put up with. But, uh, you know, even in our own community of agriculture is that you talk about, like I put down uh, Acuron as a pre-emerge. And then, you know, you read the instructions, you take a class, okay, you know, one inch of rain within a week of, of putting down the Acuron. All right, so, uh, but nobody tells you in that whether it is one inch, one, uh, a one inch event all right. Does your soil structure, your CEC, your organic matter make any difference with that? And what happens if you don't get an inch? What happens if you get an inch, a half inch, and then two days later get a, get a, uh, another half inch? Does it keep moving down? Nobody wants to tell you that. All right. And the other thing is that nobody wants to tell you what happens if you put it down. And I'm not picking on on, on the Acuron because they're all basically the same as far as the lack of information and you you put it on the ground, right? It's a pre, and uh, it doesn't rain for three weeks, like in my particular instance. Does it evaporate? Does it get exposed to the oxygen in the air and become negated? Does it lose lose its efficacy? So the thing is that if you put it, if you put, let's say, a pre down, 
and uh, I think it has three different groups, and I think 5, 15, and 27. And you put that, I may have those groups wrong, but I think they are correct. And it sits there for three weeks. There's no weeds coming up in the field, and then you get some rain like we did. Well, does it work? What's going on? So nobody really wants to tell you anything today. And the same thing is happening, well, I shouldn't say is happening, has happened for a long, long time in the parts equipment business. So, so many people think parts are parts and it makes no difference what it is. So what I'm going to go over today in this show is I'm going to tell you, well, I don't want to say the dirty little secrets of the parts business, but how the parts business works. Because like anything in life, if you understand how it works, it may not work the way you want it to work or it should work, but if you understand the protocols and how something works, then you could make a lot of sense of a sense of it and you could act accordingly if you don't understand how things function how the world works then it makes it very confusing and then you apply what you think that the way it should work which very in very very rare instances is that the case so sit pat during this short break and never forget that excuse me that this is the show that america's farmers go to to learn about their equipment fire up the grill and your backyard barbecue with barbecue themed sirius xm channels from classic rock today's country Classic hip hop and more. Today was a good day. Set your summer off with barbecue themed channels. Just some of more than 200 extra channels only in the SXM app. Free with all trials and popular plans. The necessities of life food, water, shelter. And your favorite radio hosts. This is Jeff Tigger Earhart. And Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Beck. Join us every week right here for the Ranch It Up radio show. And the Bend radio show. We talk cattle, market, sale barn reports, news. Cooking, lifestyle, outdoors, recreation. And everything in between. And there's a lot in between. Ranch It Up. And the Bend. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel serving rural Americans on Sirius XM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. American farmers and ranchers know that weather can have a big influence on the markets. That's why our weather team at RFD-TV is committed to bringing you accurate agricultural-based forecasts that affects our lands and livestock from coast to coast. You named RFD-TV the most accurate and trusted source for commodities information as it happens, and we can help you prepare ahead for major storms and weather-related events. Join us every morning on the Market Day Report, weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD-TV. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And as I said during the break, not the break, the uh, the first segment, excuse me, I'm not hitting on all cylinders today. 
is that we're going to be talking about the parts industry. And just like anything, if you understand, uh, as my father used to say, if you understand uh, what the war is about, you could win the battle. And I'm not implying that the parts industry is a battle. But we have to keep our machinery running. And oftentimes, uh, it is beneficial to us both financially and uh and com- comfort wise meaning comfortable with the equipment know how to use it and to know how to operate it and being very intimate with it to keep older machinery running and even if you have a dynamic enough operation where every few years you buy new equipment i guarantee you that there's some old equipment someplace on your farm be it an old tractor be it an old truck or anything in between old irrigation an irrigation pump engine or what have you so the thing is that machinery is eventually going to need parts and just like a person is going to eventually need to get sick and need to go to a doctor or have an operation is that this this is the reality of life but what happens is that we don't as lay people in the agricultural community we are lay people in regards to the parts industry so let's say that you have a old tractor whatever brand you want to choose and a bearing goes bad on it not an engine bearing a wheel bearing we'll say goes bad and you say okay fine i'm gonna put a new bearing in it and you go to town and you buy a bearing and you take the bearing out of the box and you look at it and you're really 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 anal right so you bring a a veneer caliper with you you measure the replacement bearing you do everything and looks looks perfect perfect as far as its dimensions are concerned or is what you can measure at that level and you say okay fine and you buy the bearing and then you put it back you put it into the tractor and you're back out on the field again right now i'm going to stop right there has anyone ever noticed that regardless of where you source the parts from whether it's a newer piece of equipment and you get original equipment manufacturer's parts or it's an older piece of equipment and you get an aftermarket replacement part all right is that it never seems to last like the original that even holds true for light bulbs you could have a new tractor or a new truck or a new car and the headlight bulbs and the instrument light bulbs and all the bulbs they last a a very long time in most instances is always that rare instance where one will fail prematurely and you say okay fine this thing's got two hundred thousand miles on it's got two thousand hours it's uh that's i gotta put a bulb in no big deal and then you go to town and you buy a bulb and it may even be a name brand bulb and you put it in there and where is the first one i'm making up numbers so let's say the first one lasted you 10 years the factory one right and now you put the replacement bulb in and two years later you're replacing it again it's uh and you say "Ah, well i guess it's bad luck whatever who knows you don't give it any thought right you're running a business you're running a farm you know we go go crazy over a light bulb but it's it sticks in your mind how come the first one lasted 10 years and this this one is lasting uh, two years or three years or whatever well the first thing we need to establish and i said no one is going to tell you this that the original equipment parts whether it's a car whether it's a piece of farm equipment in almost every instance is of higher quality than what you were going to buy as a replacement and sadly even if you buy that replacement from 
<clears throat> the respective brand. So you went to Ford and bought a part from Ford. You went to John Deere and bought a part from John Deere. So in almost every industry that is of any magnitude. Now, within the agricultural community, there is there is what's called cottage industries, small little, I don't want to say mom and pa shops, but what they basically do is they design a piece of equipment and they go out into the marketplace and say, okay, we need a bearing this size. We need a hydraulic cylinder this size. We need this, And they source everything and they put it together. And even though they may have designed that piece of equipment, they're more assemblers than they are. They're not, they're not designers. They're not, manuf- I should say, they're more assemblers than they are manufacturers. For example, a number of years, well, not that many years ago, 2016, we bought a bunch of new farm equipment and I was converting to no-till. And I went, was going from mold board plowing to no-till. Talk about a leap of faith, right? But I wanted to transition and I wanted to uh, go through the field with a field cultivator. So I bought a brand new, ordered it, write the specifications, brand new Unverfirth Perfecta 12. All right, beautiful. And, uh, Go pick up the Unverfirth Perfecta. I also bought a brilliant subsoiler and a new corn planter. But that's not the, the story here. You know, get the Unverfirth, hook it up to the tractor. All right, I'm going to go in the field and set it all up and set it, Put you know, and really not much to set as far as the depth is concerned there other than the gauge wheels. But uh, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go into the field, and I'm going to trial my new Perfecta. Well, you know, Murphy's Law being what it is, that... Uh, I don't think I'm in the field two hours, maybe an hour and a half, right? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm going, I'm driving, and I'm always looking behind me to see what they're, oh, man, look at this, I'm happy as a lock, right? Oh, man, look at that. I'm converting to no-till, I'm min-till now, and then I got my perfecta, shiny red paint, beautiful. I got a red one, not a green one. And uh, all of a sudden, boom, I catch a rock, and I break one of the tips on the fork, uh, on the shovel, on the shovel. Right, so what happens? I break one of the, I break one of the shovels. That's Murphy's law, right? First day in the first couple hours in the field. Says ah, done. Right, so whatever. So I keep on going because what am I going to do? So I call up the dealer I bought it at, and I said I have to order a new shovel. I hit a rock, and uh, or I have to order a new shovel. So they said okay, fine. Uh, so they ordered a, they ordered a shovel for me. A couple of days go by. They get the um, UPS or FedEx or wherever it came comes with the shovel. I take it out of the box. It's the right shovel. Looks everything, but it's stamped case. I think a well, case New Holland on it, right? So I said case New Holland. So obviously, at that time, and whether that still holds true or not, Unverfirth was sourcing some of their parts from Case New Holland. All right, so we said CNH on it. So I mean, molded right. I mean, right, right into the casting. So it wasn't like I was making it up, or it was a decal. So I call a company like that, not to pick on them, but a lot of smaller companies, good companies in the agricultural equipment business. But they're more assemblers. They buy, they go out into the marketplace and they source it, source this from here and this from there. All right, fine. Let's get back to a bigger company that's going to make farm equipment or make a vehicle or truck or tractor, what have you. And they have, for the most part, they design the whole machine. 
And, and I'm not saying a smaller company doesn't have an engineer design it, but there's a difference between designing something from scratch and then having the part made to your specifications. And what I mean by that is that they come out and that they come, they come and they say, okay, fine, this is the size bearing we need, or this is the steel we want. All right. And then they, they spec out exactly what they want. All right. And then they, they probably in today's world specifically with the bigger manufacturers i went to the john deere dealer the other day looking at it i don't remember what it was it was a it was a tractor and it had a uh i think the axle casting or there was a casting on it right so the casting says jd china <laughs> so all right so obviously <clears throat> it was cast right into it the, the two letters jd and then cast into it one beneath it very quite large china and so it so at that particular point it doesn't take much to deduce that in an instance like that john deere designed whatever that casting was that bracket and they subbed that out to a manufacturer in china to make it all right so that's one aspect of it all right a smaller company may not be able to do that they they may they'll just go out into the marketplace and source things so what I want to try to bring this full circle is that when you're buying aftermarket parts for something that is made from a mainstream manufacturer, a vehicle manufacturer, a bigger farm, farm machine, I'll say not an implement farm machine manufacturer, what they do is during that development stage, their engineers go out and they design exactly what they want. And if they don't make it in-house, which most people today, most companies don't make things in-house, they sub it out to a subcontractor, and the subcontractor makes it, and then they send the sample back to the parent company, Ford Motor Company, John Deere, whatever, and they test the sample, and they say, no, you made this right, wrong, whatever, and then it goes into production, all right? Now, the fact of the matter is, the dirty little secret is that in the aftermarket industry, and I don't care what it is, that no one, eh, I shouldn't say very few, if anyone, probably close to no one, has those resources. So what they basically do, so you have company, let's say, raise tractor parts. And I see a niche here where I need to make these certain tractor parts, Right. But Ray is not a design engineer. Ray doesn't have a foundry. Ray doesn't have a machine shop. Ray has nothing but a desire to go into the tractor part business. So what what Ray does is he sources a part, this bearing, and then he gives it to a job shop or has an intermediary in between and and they either digitize this bearing or take some measurements of it or what have you and they go and they say okay we're going to have this bearing we could get this bearing made for you for x amount of dollars and they're going to make it in china all right why am i picking on china because 90 uh, the majority i don't want to give a number 95 percent, 99 percent of the stuff is coming from china because here in america we have eradicated by design our manufacturing base by design and i'll leave it at that all right so now we send it out to china 
<laughs> well, the thing basically is that if you were to ride by a cornfield, I'm using corn in this example, and this farmers are really good farmers. Say, wow, that corn looks beautiful. And you happen to be there when he is harvesting it, right? And he's harvested. Wow, look at that yield monitor. This thing's making 400 bushels per acre. Well, there were a lot of things that went into making that that corn looks so beautiful and yield 400 bushels per acre because you're saying to yourself, well, that guy bought the same seed I have, but I only have 200 bushels per acre or 150 bushels per acre. I'm right across the road. He got the same rain. He got the same everything. I got. How come he's got 400 bushels? Because it was all the little things that he did to either manage or massage or make love to that seed, that plant that gives him 400 bushels per acre. So when you when a part is sent out to be made in the aftermarket, it is usually made to the proper dimension, but that basically is it. So take let's go back to the bearing. All right, you could have a, a roller bearing or a ball bearing. All right, you could have the, the race the proper size. It, you could have the depth the proper size, everything the proper size. So when you take it out of the box and you measure with your veneer, man, this thing is right on the money, right? Right on the money. So the thing is that, but what about the metallurgy? What about the surface finish of the rollers? The surface finish of the ball, all right? The uh, the surface finish of the, of, of the race in, inside with the rollers and the ball. There's all these different aspects that you don't know. So just like one guy's got 400 bushels per acre, the other guy's got 200 bushels per acre, they're right across the road from one another and they're planting the same seed. And there is no, and that is the dirty little secret of the parts aftermarket, whether it's automotive, whether it's farm equipment, whether it's for a refrigerator, is that you will find that the replacement aftermarket part may look beautiful, is usually less expensive, may be the only part that is available, and but it never ends up operating the same sometimes you put a bearing in and it seems to be fine but you got a little bit of a harmonic that you never had before right or even though you don't sense that because where the application is using a bearing as an example is that it uh it you know the other one lasted 1300 hours this one lasts 200 hours so you say ah i just had bad luck or something no it wasn't bad luck it is not the same because when the always make something they make it to a higher quality level because they don't want to failure under warranty they don't want to failure right into a short term into the ownership of that piece of equipment or that vehicle and that's the god's honest truth and if you don't believe me and the same thing happens with tires you could buy a a new pickup truck and get whatever xyz tires on it so these tires are fantastic they run ride beautifully they're quiet they they they, uh they last forever i got a hundred thousand miles out of these tires i'm buying them again you go to town to the tire dealer and you buy, I want that same tire. Here it is, the same tire, tread designer. And this tire is, doesn't seem to ride as nicely. It doesn't seem to be as quiet and it certainly doesn't last 100,000 miles because the tires that the OEs buy from whatever the tire company is, is made to a higher standard than excuse me, the replacement tire, even though it looks the same. And lots of times it is made on the same line, but it is the OE rejects that get into the, well, the tire doesn't go in a box, but it goes into the box, all right, for a replacement part. 
And then once you go step down from that and you get into the aftermarket, then the fact of the matter is that all bets are off and what engineering or what went into that. So let's just stop here for a short break and then what we will finish off. In the field, on the farm, or in the saddle, we're right there with you in your pocket, on your phone, and everywhere you go. RFD TV Now, current ag reports, geo-targeted weather, live streaming 24-7, and our full collection of shows you love at the tip of your finger. At less than $10 a month, it's the cheapest tool on the farm. Download the app today and start watching RFD TV Now. RFD-TV is the number one most trusted source for market information by America's farmers and ranchers. The rural Main Street Index is seeing a rebound. With long-term weather forecasts. This front will wobble back and forth the next couple of days. And expert analysis of the commodities markets as soon as moves happen. And it's it's a battle between the winners and the losers on the rain over the weekend. Catch Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News weekdays only on RFD-TV and Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. From Kansas to Ohio, that's where you'll find Pivot Bio. From the Mississippi Delta and the Chesapeake, Nebraska and the hills of Tennessee. Proving on thousands of fields across this great land. When you work the ground till the sun goes down, Pivot Bio's got a plan. Green plants and a healthy land use our predictable nitrogen. Wherever farmers grow, yeah, that's where we go. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the foodways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So this is a dilemma as we try to use older equipment, keep older equipment going on the farm. I'm not implying that you should not do that. My tractor, my newest tractor is now 2002. So that's 21 years old. And I have tractors and equipment that are older than that, and we all do. But a couple of take-home messages here, because I went round robin, and I don't have much time, is that you have to realize that the aftermarket parts industry is doing very little but subbing a sample out to a manufacturer which is historically overseas usually in china through a manufacturer's rep they just do some digitizing or measurements of it and they make it to the level that they want then this person reboxes it and that is why if you go to company abc company def company uh, X, uh, LMNOP and you buy a part it is the same part coming from China because there's not a million people making parts like this specifically low volume machining machining so that is what the problem is how do you go around it well the first thing that you have to recognize is that I'm not saying get rid of your old equipment that you will not end up having the service life 
of something even as simple as a gasket because they make a gasket out of a different material yeah the holes are in the right place it looks good and what have you but it ends up not lasting as long or it starts to weep a little bit another thing that comes into play is a lot of this these parts are made well predominantly on metric based machinery and the part is a uh, english american measurement so that gets adds and skews it so it's just a fact of life that we will have to move forward with it we have to accept it as the way it is which i don't like doing and we have to just recognize that we're going to be working on this equipment more it's not going to last 10 years that part as the old one did so if you have any questions or any comments please feel free to reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com have a blessed day a ProBox has enough seed to plant 125 acres of corn. Now, if you wanted to put 40 pounds of nitrogen on those acres, you'd need 1,200 gallons of anhydrous or 1,700 gallons of UAN or 5 tons of urea. But what if that amount of nitrogen was already on your seed? Pivot Bio is now putting nitrogen on seed. The first company to ever apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event Saturday, June 24th, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Join us as we head into the field for hands-on sessions covering everything from how to pull soil and plant tissue tests, ways to improve crop health, the importance of microbiology and farming, and much more. Plus, in our comprehensive guide to crop scouting, we'll explore both above and below ground in a variety of crops as we diagnose problems with insects, weeds, diseases, and anything else we may find. As we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees, this day is geared more towards students and young farmers. But anyone with the desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. So whether you're a college student or just want the good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day. It's Saturday, June 24th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. Stay informed with what's going on throughout agriculture with American Ag Today on Rural Radio Channel 147. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and each weekday, I bring you the latest news, market info, ag tech news, and more with American Ag Today. Weekdays at 6.52 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm Mike Campbell from Libertyville, Illinois, and I listen to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM.